Blink, blink, ding, bling. Ding, 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 Welcome to Ho Yeah Podcast. Gobble, gobble, Amy. <laughs> gobble, gobble, Jackie. And that's um, turkey for a hay. Turkey the <laughs> animal, not Turkish the <laughs> country. Right, right. <laughs> Amy, can I hear your best turkey call? Oh, yeah, because I was going to ask you to do yours. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so... <clears throat> <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you. It's all on the tongue movement. <laughs> I, know, I like that you uh, tilt your head back too and just like gobble, gobble into the sky. <laughs> be done with this and I'll be surrounded by turkeys. <laughs> okay. And here's mine. really good oh look at where'd all these turkeys come from there are turkeys everywhere wow that was excellent shut up shut up we're recording yeah quiet shh speaking of turkeys and thanksgiving and all that fun stuff we just um last night we did our first ever live podcast Yes. And we watched, we watched the um, Spin the Choice, or watched, we talked about the Spin the Choice episode. Mm -hmm. So that's the Thanksgiving-themed uh, King of the Hill episode from season five. So with that being said, it, we are not going to do a Thanksgiving-themed episode. This is going to be a very special episode. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, there's, there are Thanksgiving themes throughout mm. it, but this episode, but we are not recapping a King of the Hill episode. Correct. Um, instead, we are doing something a little bit different. We're uh, going to be reading some Thanksgiving listener stories. There are some pretty cool ones, some pretty nasty ones. And then <laughs> we're going to go ahead and get into, later on in the episode, we have our interview with Mr. Wes Archer. <laughs> and that was super exciting. Uh, mm -hmm. God, if we're going to give a shout out to anyone this episode, I'm like nervous even talking about it. I'm like, I've pulled my underwear all the way up the front of my pants. <laughs> and I'm just, it, it was, we were so nervous to do it and he could not have been nicer. And it was just so cool talking to him um, and just, just hearing a little bit about his, his time working on King of the Hill. And it was just, it was so, so cool. So grateful that he took the time. Yeah, he was, he was so nice. So wonderful. Um, so we can't wait for you to hear that, uh, hear that, that interview and just shortly, but before that, let's do some Turkey day stories. Yes. Wait, but before we get into that, I just, again, just wanted to say how awesome that that live podcast was last night. Thank you to everyone who made that possible, all of our uh, Patreon listeners. And I don't want to give anything away from it, but there was one revelation that I had during that episode where we were talking about John Redcorn's white denim pants that he wears <laughs> and how I realized that, and I feel pretty confident in saying this, any man wearing white denim pants is automatically hot. Yeah. Uh, let me know if you disagree. <laughs> um, hashtag either if you agree, hashtag white is right. Wait, no. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> if you disagree, uh, den, den, no. Den, <laughs> no. If you agree, hashtag den yum. And Ooh. if you dis if you disagree, uh, denim fuck that. <laughs> I will go ahead and say hashtag den yum. Den yum, indeed. Mm. I I mean I, I think we came to the conclusion that if you're going if you're a designer who makes white jeans for men, don't bother putting a crotch in those pants. 
I, I, I'm going to uh, stand firm on that. Yes, I, I support that opinion fully. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yep. So thank you again to everyone. And that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was awesome. I'll go first. Shall I? Yes, you shall. Okay. This one, is, the subject says, Thanksgiving. And then it says, so my mother is a good cook, I think. And Thanksgivings as a kid were filled with great memories and good food. But when we got older, oh, Jesus Christ. A few <laughs> years ago, it started. We had the worst Thanksgiving ever. My mom burned everything. Turkey was super dry. She left the pie pan on the hot oven, burners on. And the glass pan exploded in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Turns out she got too fucking high before cooking. <laughs> I mean, what an amateur. You got to smoke after the food's all done. Each year it gets worse and worse because my mom just gets high and or wine drunk, but still refuses to let us cook anything because she's stubborn. Anyway, I love my mom. And thanks for the pod, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love your mom as well. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds fun. She sounds really fun. Uh, the thing is, is that I totally understand what your mom was doing. So last Thanksgiving, I was making pies. We were having a, you know, Friendsgiving kind of thing. And I was making an apple pie, a pumpkin pie, and a pecan pie. A uh, pecan pie. Yes. And as I was, you know, it was the night before, and I ended up just, you know, drinking, drinking a bunch of wine and hanging out, making pies. And you can, you could tell what level of drunkness I was at with each pie. Cause like the first one I made, the apple pie was banging. It was delicious. (laughs) The pumpkin pie was okay. And then the pecan, the pecan pie didn't even set. And it was just like this gelatinous goo. (laughs) That was towards like 1 a.m. when I was at peak drunk. (laughs) That reminds me of, uh, it's not Thanksgiving related, but when I had one of my first apartments with, I think you'll remember Amy, my roommate, Ashley Morgan, uh, we lived together Mm. and our downstairs neighbor was this lovely, lovely older lady, just like a grandma type. And I was home alone one evening and... Ashley was either at work or at her boyfriend's. She wasn't there. And this lady, there's a knock on the door and this lady is at the door and she made us a tray of brownies. And it was so nice and sweet and thoughtful. And I brought them in and I promptly ate half of them um, (laughs) because I was high. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, all right, so the other half of these brownies are for my roommate. And then I, because I was high, uh, I ate the other half of the brownies and I felt so guilty about it. I went out and got brownie mix to make more brownies, but because I was still high, I burnt that batch. So I went out and got more brownie mix and made another batch. And because I was high, I burnt that (laughs) (laughs) And then I finally, third, third time I went back out, got more mix made mix and then they came out perfect but then i ate all of them anyway (laughs) (laughs) third time's the charm you got it so you got it right and then you still ate all of them i love that Ah, anyway Oh, those must have been some damn good brownies. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I'm sure they were fine. Box mix. You can't go wrong. (laughs) Yeah, you can't go wrong. Thanks, Kelsey. Your mom sounds awesome. Yeah. Enjoy your Thanksgiving this year. Maybe, maybe you guys should just bring something. Like, don't cook it at our house. Just make it at your house and then bring it and be like, here you go. We'll have at least a side. Yeah. (laughs) There's an idea. Or just let her do her thing. Who gives a fuck? You guys just eat beforehand. Go to like fucking KFC. I don't know. Go get go get a Popeye sandwich before you go there, and and then just don't worry oh, about eating. Oh, if she's smoking this year, maybe you can uh, distract her with some food. Just like put it under a box in the hallway with some string attached to it and a stick. And then <laughs> when she's like busy going after that, just go ahead and make the Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> That's a great idea. Trap your mom yeah. in a box. <laughs> the Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So this next one is the. Subject says, Thanksgiving oops. 
And it says, I went to a girlfriend's grandmother's house in Oklahoma. Before the festive meal, we were having sex in the basement. Her cousin was coming downstairs to get her clean laundry, and the girlfriend freaked, and I accidentally finished, quote-unquote, into the clean laundry pile. Signed, Thunder Muffin. Thank you, Thunder Muffin. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I have so many questions. <laughs> Did- did you rewash her clothes? Did what what made you come right at that moment? Like was it the fear? Were you <laughs> doing it right on top of the clean laundry? Or did you like did you like, you know, pull out and like turn and run away and just happened to be running by the laundry basket and that's when <laughs> I'm trying to picture it, but but my, I think my biggest question is, did you let that cousin just, like, grab her laundry and go? <laughs> <laughs> did she see you guys naked? I mean, there's there's so much. There's so many questions. Thunder Muffin, please. <laughs> yes. Update us. Update us, let Thunder us Muff. Come on. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love the idea of, like, having sex in a basement, too. I mean, I don't like basements, but there's just something so, I feel like it's a rite of passage. But we, you know, we're from Florida, so we don't have basements here. That's true. I guess there's something kind of sexy about a basement. (laughs) It's that water heater down there. (laughs) (laughs) And all the clean laundry you can come in. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to read this one. This one's a little bit longer. And the subject is Thanksgiving pube party (laughs) this is so funny amy we were just talking about pubes the other day were we not we were i mean we like all day long we were talking about pubes i told you about the first time i ever saw pubes (laughs) and then about the pube blow that you do on the on the toilet seat when you're out somewhere you know there's always a pube there's always a stray pube on the toilet seat you go and you blow it off i know (laughs) so all right thanksgiving pube party My cousin and I grew up in the 80s, and we loved our Barbies more than anything. When our family would get together for the holidays, we fully indulged in marathon Barbie play sessions. We also liked to sneak in the middle of the night to the living room to watch Cinemax. Over the years, we got to see classics like Porky's, Fraternity Vacation, and The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, a musical starring Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds. Yes, indeed. Hell yeah. One Thanksgiving, we went all out with our bar- Barbies, inspired by our Cinemax Film Fests, wanting to give them the party they deserved. Our Barbies had wig hairpiece accessories that we used for Barbie pubes. <laughs> we wedged the wigs between their legs to give them giant muffs. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, I'm not done. <laughs> we had Michael Jackson Barbie... Hanging out with Princess Diana (laughs) and Brooke Shields Barbies at an 80s jacuzzi style Thanksgiving orgy. (laughs) Brooke and Di donned their new pubes at the party. Michael Jackson got naked but left on his sequined Barbie glove. We were called to dinner and left our scene set up with the plan to return after we ate. When we went back to play, my grandmother had cleaned everything up, including removing the wedged wig pubes. (laughs) Can you imagine her just picking the pubes out? Like, this doesn't go there. (laughs) Later that evening, she asked us so sweetly and genuine, you girls are remembering remembering to play nice, Mm -hmm. aren't you? Every few years, my cousin and I will bring it up to the other. Remember that time our Barbies had that pube party? <laughs> and then we cringe like it's Thanksgiving 1985 all over again. Signed, some jerk that let her grandma do her Barbie orgy <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, some jerk. That was so good and so relatable. Of course, I had like a million Barbies when I was younger and one Ken doll and I would always set up a little village for them and all the Barbies, all the Barbies were coupled up and then I'd have this one Ken doll left over and I always had some kind of scenario where everyone hated him and shunned him from the village. I don't know why, but then they would just end up, they would all just end up naked. (laughs) That's, Ken should be shunned. Yeah. Goodbye. 
I don't know why. He yeah. just should. I watched a lot of daytime TV, so I think that influenced that, yeah. a lot of that. <laughs> the most dramatic, like, Barbie yeah, parties usually, ever. Yeah, like, usually, like, climaxed at a point where all of the Barbies were just like, we have, like, Ken was such an asshole, and all of the Barbies eventually were just like, we have to come up with a plan to kill Ken. I love that. I just can't imagine a parent, like, watching an eight like a seven or an eight-year-old just like coming upon a scene where they're just like we have to murder again <laughs> or the pew party <laughs> right after our orgy <laughs> i know i love that i mean god uh, yeah who didn't make their barbies fuck i mean come on uh, everybody did that and the but i love that they went the extra mile and added the pubes <laughs> so funny and and the michael jackson barbie kept his glove on (laughs) oh my god michael jackson barbie i know uh, no i know there's so many weird things happening with that (laughs) (laughs) a lot of odd things going on oh thank you so much for those emails they are amazing we also asked for people on on Instagram to give us some give us some stories. So we definitely have a few of those that we want to add, please, Jackie, yes. if you may. Well, one of the first ones we got was from Sappho Six, and they said, "One year, my sister ate way too much food and threw it up on the stairs at three a.m. I have also experienced this eating way too much, especially at my." When I go to my dad's house for Thanksgiving or really any time of the year, they're Italian, so it's just all food all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've definitely thrown up from overeating. It's an awful feeling. <laughs> it really is. You're so ashamed of yourself. You're just like, oh, God. How did I reach this point? <laughs> you know, it's funny, though. There's another one So um, from – it's Radical Transformation Project, but that's our very good friend, Faith. And – So we know her and we know her brother. And she says, brother and I rage partying at Soup HQ all night and my brother throwing up loudly during dinner. (laughs) So (laughs) Soup HQ is a house like we it was a house that we used to just party super, super hard at. And Thanksgiving, like within our group of friends. And it was called Soup HQ. Yeah, we called it Soup HQ. Um, Which they explained was short for poop soup. (laughs) anyway go on Amy (laughs) so we and you know like in our friends group it's just like Thanksgiving is rage week like we everybody would come back from college or wherever they were and just get annihilated so everybody was doubtless just super fucking hungover every Thanksgiving day so mm-hmm. she's told us this story about, you know, her and her brother just getting hammered at Soup HQ. And then in the middle of dinner, he just <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner, he leaves to just violently throw up. And Faith's mom <laughs> looks at her and just like, real nice, nice Faith. <laughs> like it was her fault. <laughs> yeah, that's that. I think that's happened to a few of our friends. And it really is around Thanksgiving and Easter, too, because I think that's around spring break. So I would just hear stories about our friends coming home, partying way, way too hard. And then on Easter morning, just like throwing up out of the windows of their parents' cars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, there's this one listener, and I don't know if I want to say their name because this episode's going to come out before Thanksgiving, but they say my wife and I are announcing that we're pregnant this year at Thanksgiving. Hope it goes well. Oh, congratulations, listener. I don't want to say your name. I mean, I'm sure none of your family listens to this, but you know, just in case I don't want to spoil that for you. So really, you don't think their whole family listens to us? What the hell's wrong with them? You're right. Actually, (laughs) I'm sure they all listen. So definitely don't want to give that away. But that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us, too. I'm sorry. I like this one, too, by Thrifty Triad. My aunt was once two hours late for Thanksgiving and had a giant tantrum that we ate without her. (laughs) God, who does that? Who gives a shit? I love that. (laughs) How dare you? I would have been like, yeah, of course. (laughs) I know. Been like, yeah, sure, please eat, but just like I would, I would throw a tantrum if they ate all the food. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I would. <laughs> well, the last one I wanted to highlight was uh, by Sharts and Crafts. 
<laughs> our good friend charts and graphs. As a wee mm-hmm. one, I chugged one of my dad's slim fasts and barfed on the kitchen floor. I like that there's another vomit story, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Thank you, everyone, for submitting those stories. We got a bunch of other ones, too. And it's just, of course, everyone's Thanksgiving just sounds like, you know, chaos and (laughs) just full of puke and orgies. So, Mm -hmm. Amy, I think now we're ready to get into the Wes Archer interview. What do you think? Yes. I know. It's so it was so nice. I'm excited for everyone to hear it. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. So here it is. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Thanks Doing for well. joining us. Here I am. I know. How's your day, Ben? Uh, my day's been good. Uh, pretty busy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Hey, it's uh, my pleasure. So, yeah, we, we just we just wanted to, you know, ask you some questions about King of the Hill and, you know, talk to you about the production and everything. Well, um, we thought a good place to start might be just to... Us, but, you know, okay. Oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. <laughs> now, where where would a would where would a good place to start be? Well, we were just thinking, um, maybe just talking about the role of a director um, on King of the Hill. I think a lot of people that listen to us might not, you know, know what that involves. I, I know that we're like, you know, not very familiar with the production side of things, so. Uh, we only get to see the result of what you do. So, mm-hmm. well, um, King of the Hill, you know, as 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 you know, as a as a writer, well, all television shows are writer driven, pretty much. Um, is created by Mike, and Mike Judge um, had had this idea kicking around in his head, and he uh, he he wrote a script for it, and did some drawings, and um, I think he did the four guys standing in a line, and he did some expressions on Hank Hill and he did a uh, Bobby and a Peggy and a Hank standing together and then he did like a single drawing of Bobby Hill and then he 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 uh, teamed up with Greg Daniels from this who had been on the Simpsons to um, to write the pilot and um, sell it to Fox so um, they to do that they also needed to animate a short a short animated bit to kind of show more how how the characters would move and act and and what the voices would sound like, mm-hmm. so so they did that at a place in Texas. It was like a two or two minute uh, black and white pitch film, and 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 that that sold the series to Fox. And so um, so then um, to do you know to do half hours, you need you need a staff of writers and you need a staff of directors and you need um, everyone else that that kind of flows out of that. And so, um, you know, for myself, since I was I was uh, at the time directing on Simpsons mm-hmm. and uh, Mike had seen um, he was a fan of my short film, uh, Jack Mac and Radboy. And uh, he called me in to to supervise the animation. So um, I uh, took his his artwork and the and the short film and we fleshed out more of a model pack, you know, which shows all of the characters that the different angles that you might see them at and like the mouth movements of how how they they look when they speak and um so i directed the pilot so as a director we get we get a script and we get a soundtrack usually the script comes in first and um we we kind of start with that and then the soundtrack comes in and the um which is just the voice track it's all the the voices from the actors hopefully if all the actors can't get all the actors then there's there's some guy talking like peggy hill (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know hank (laughs) (laughs) when are you gonna get that voice (laughs) just so you guys can animate the faces and like the mouth movements so you know what they're saying we start with storyboards so so from that we we take this the script pages and we um kind of dissect it into sequences and and where we might cut to new scenes and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. and we we do a storyboard of the of the shots which which is pretty simple i mean you're trying to figure out where the camera is what the what the height of the camera is how close it is to the characters before you get into acting and all of that too much you want to just flesh out the the directing and the sh- and the shots um and we we make what's called an animatic reel and then we show that to to 
you know, we'd show that to Mike and Greg and um, the writer would be there and uh, maybe another producer. So there's a table of about eight to 10 people there on the writing side, the animation side. And we would all, we'd all just watch it and kind of make notes. And the Greg Daniels and the writers would consider uh, rewriting stuff if, if, you know, if it wasn't playing super well and where to make cuts and stuff like that. So, so it goes from there. Got it. So it's kind of like just an all over directing of like the actual episode, like how things need to like play out and how they need to look and right. how the right. need to look. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, uh, it was just a very enjoyable production because this, the stories were always so great and the voices were always so great and the, the characterizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I was originally from Texas. I'm, I was born in Houston and grew up in Houston, Texas. So, I was very familiar with that kind of area that that Mike said was kind of around um, Tomball or Beaumont or kind of northeast, I mean, northwest, or just, you know, kind of around Houston, kind of the, the Piney Woods or somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Yeah, we actually like a lot of people from um, that listen to us most of them are from Texas. And I think it's just must be like this thing where people from Texas, they just love to like talk about it and see it. And like, they relate so much to it. They relate so much to the show. I've seen Bobby Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so funny because uh, my um, football coach in elementary school was named Hank Rutherford. Oh, dang. <laughs> of course, by chance, they named him Hank Rutherford Hill. There's a lot of, parallels that you see in that show with real life it's a you know observational humor definitely yeah i know we have a lot of people say like they're like we have an uncle that is boomhauer like right <laughs> i knew a boomhauer in high school yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> looked like boomhauer and kind of talked like him <laughs> yeah. oh it's awesome yeah so boomhauer, we sorry but it was it was the animators kept drawing boomhauer smiling Mm-hmm. And Mike kept drilling us, drilling it into us that you know, no, you know, he's not, he's not smiling when he's laughing. He's just doing his dang old, you know, rant with a neutral mouth. He's just very chill. Yeah, you, know, you can't add a lot of acting into Boomhauer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the animators at first they kind of wanted to go crazy with his voice because his voice is so funny. They they wanted to add all these poses to Boomhauer moving around and stuff. Like no 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 he's just he's got his beer, <laughs> yeah. and oftentimes anything he says is so profound and insightful. <laughs> you don't want to take away from that, right? <laughs> yeah, he's like a, a, a West Texas sage or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen things about like how there's certain parts of Texas where like that's what they speak. They speak Boomhauer. <laughs> so we um just kind of like collected a lot of different questions from people that listen. And um, so some of the things that, uh, sorry, some of the, one of the most common questions that came up were, um, are there any characters that you particularly love or maybe characters that you had like a heavy hand in helping develop? It sounds like I'm sure you had a hand in helping develop all of the characters, but you know, just your, your thoughts on um, different characters and Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just something that just popped into my head is also Hank was drawn with little tiny, like kind of short, shortish arms. Season one, we, we used to have this problem with Hank looking kind of like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Tyrannosaurus <laughs> <laughs> arms. And uh, so, and, and we had like, kind of. I mean, it's, drawing the characters is pretty difficult, but they have to kind of be right, drawn the right way, where they kind of lose lose their character mm-hmm. so i think season two we linked hank's arms and enlarged his hands we kind of took a couple of lines out of his like the wrinkles on his face i i had a, a big hand in developing cotton hill oh. um, that was kind of a challenge because he had no shins <laughs> <laughs> not that he his legs are short it's that he's got normal thighs and knees <laughs> And then ankles and feet, again. So, but they didn't know what the you know Mike hadn't done a drawing for Cotton. So I found this weird photograph of this old coot in Texas somewhere, and I just kind of drew him 
and uh, he, he had like a face that was like a dried apricot. Yeah. <laughs> Pumpkin head, but all dry and dehydrated. Yes. So he was a challenging one to animate first off? Well, I designed him and um, Mike liked him. He, uh, I think it was Mike's idea to have his eyes just be dots for pupils. Mm -hmm. instead of, like, he has no whites in his eyes. Yeah. Um, that's something that we ran with. He was, he was kind of a challenge. Um, Luann also, I mean, it's like everyone really, you know, team teamed up on, on the characters and worked as a team to, uh, design them and bring them to life. Um, Luann was pretty tricky. Twig boy was funny. <laughs> From the very first episode, but, right? I think about the pilot. <laughs> so a lot of work is done during season one, which is kind of a, you're kind of doing double duty because you're designing everything and doing the episodes. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the subsequent seasons, you already have the show pretty much designed. So, so at that point, you're just doing the episodes. Right, yeah, like you have the layout and like what all of the, the houses look like, the neighborhood, everything like that. Right. Yeah, awesome. Um, so do you have a favorite character at all on the show? I usually uh, can't narrow things down to a favorite, but so, I mean, other than the Hill family, I like Lucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked him a lot. Love Tom Petty. Yeah. There were so many uh, characters, Enrique and mm -hmm. yeah. Buck Strickland, <laughs> uh, Lucky Kleinschmidt, <laughs> Connie, Supanusaphone, um, <laughs> Dale's... Uh, quote, son, unquote, um, <laughs> Joseph, Joseph Gribble. Uh, I, I think everyone really liked doing the John Redcorn stuff. Yeah. For a while. He, was, he was, I think, kind of a favorite whenever we had John Redcorn in the show. Interesting. Yeah, he's a great character. We were just actually talking about him recently, how um, we were talking about, uh, I think it was uh, the last episode in season one, and there's this... What, What's the name of that episode? Oh, it was a uh, plastic white female where right. Bobby falls in love with a mannequin head. <laughs> and there's this one scene where John Redcorn comes up, like uh, Dale's giving this whole talk to um, uh, Hank about how they're having, Joseph's having his first boy girl party. And he's trying to tell Hank like, don't worry, there's no hanky panky going on in my house. And right at that moment, John Redcorn like pulls up in a Jeep to pick up Nancy and he just gives like a big yeah. wave to, dale and like a big smile and like then drives <laughs> away and we were just remarking on how like you know any other situation this person would try like this person's sleeping with this other person's wife they would be really discreet but this person is just so animated and friendly and wonderful <laughs> and they just all seem to have such a great relationship even though dale maybe isn't aware of what's going on <laughs> um and like it seems like john redcorn is such a unique character that could pull something like that off and still be likable yeah yeah, I love how they set that up, you know, like that that was kind of set up to be to be the, just the way things are mm -hmm. without I, I don't think there was any like an, one episode where, you know, like Redcorn started seeing Nancy or anything like that. Right. Right. No. Yeah. It was just like, that's what's been going on. That, that's the way. Yeah, that's what's going on. You know, <laughs> so it wasn't uh, it never really changed at all. And yeah. Yeah, that was great. I know. Yeah, he's a great character. And he was so brazen, just like, hey. <laughs> and we talked about, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Well, we talked about, too, how he was originally voiced by Victor Aaron. Right. And, um, and then he, I think, passed away during Product, yeah. during, during the first season. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but we read somewhere that... Uh, John Redcorn's character was loosely based on the actor Victor Aaron. Do you know if that's accurate? Um, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't know too much about that. Um, now, I do know that there is a character that's based off of you <laughs> in one uh, of, in uh, Death in Ta uh, Death in Texas. Right. The the yeah Wesley Martin Archer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That was fun. I love that episode. He's like, he, they, I believe they drew it off of you and used your name. Whose idea yeah, was that? Yeah, they just thought it would be a good name for a killer, I guess. <laughs> if you Google Wesley Archer, Texas, you will get convict, a convict that's named Wesley Archer that has some kind of 
parolee photographs or or mug shots. Oh my god! <laughs> so it's a double doppelganger coincidence. I, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look like me. <laughs> so, but I, I did have I did have some trouble with the law growing up in t- in Houston. Mm-hmm. And and once I moved to California, that I no more trouble with the law. Yeah, <laughs> it was just my crazy teenage years. I'm sorry, what was that? I, it was it was just my crazy teenage years. Of course, with, naturally. I personally had trouble with the law. <laughs> <laughs> so you were also on um, in the beginning with The Simpsons, correct? Right. Yeah, and I know that you did you did like the first um, couple years. And um, somebody else asked, you know, uh, it's another podcast. They asked, did you have a favorite um, Simpsons episode that you were, that you had a hand in? Well, I like generally like whatever I'm working on at the time is my mm-hmm. favorite. I liked um, Bart Sells His Soul mm-hmm. <laughs> in a comic book, mm-hmm. Bart the Daredevil, <laughs> uh, Two Cars in Every Garage and Three Eyes on Every Fish. <laughs> I worked on a lot of cla- the classics. So yeah, I was I was directing during first uh, seven seasons, and then so it was season seven when I got the call from Mike uh, that he wanted me to supervise King of the Hill. Oh my god, uh, that's awesome! Yeah, I know the so, Simpsons are now. What are they on their thirty first season, thirty second? Yeah, it's unbelievable. I know, definitely by far the longest running animated show on TV. Yeah, there, there is some talk of bringing King of the Hill back. Yes, we have heard about that, and we had a lot of questions about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think if they if they ever decided to do that, things might change as far as the time period. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of course, you know I don't think they would recast Luann or Lucky. Uh, so it would probably be where you know they've moved away. Bobby is older, something like that. That's all. That's those are my only thoughts about it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm not privy to those discussions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we did even have one person that was just like, I want to know what happened to GH to Good Hank, and it was just like, of all the questions mm. to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, there there was there was a time where I think the show drifted away from Mike's vision of it mm-hmm. during seasons five and six, I think, uh, where Hank went to Yankee Stadium and yeah. and all of that. And his Japanese brother and and all of that stuff, yeah. Mike wasn't too happy with that stuff, and and it kind of brought more 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 in line with with what the show was supposed to be after after season six, like starting in season seven. And it it was uh, it re- it really maintained a very high level of of excellence to the end of its run. I mean, I, there was no like real reason to cancel it. it. It was still getting ratings. Yeah. And, um, you know, every, everything was still very, very good. Was it because, was it canceled because they were making way for, um, the Cleveland show? Uh, I think it was that. And, um, I think Mike, uh, was, was doing other things and Greg Daniels wanted to move on to other things. But I, I think, I think Fox, um, wanted to, um, to make room for some new shows, I guess, as well. Well, I know that, you know, I mean, King of the Hill has been running on uh, Adult Swim for years and years and years. Yeah. How many episodes are there? There's like 160 or... There's like over, there's like over 200. There's over 200? Yeah, because we were thinking, how long are we going to be doing this podcast for? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's over 200 and... Um, you know, I know that it, it, it's been on Adult Swim for years. Like, that's how I actually first discovered it. Um, and then it was on Netflix for a little while. And now it's been on Hulu for about a year or more. And I feel like it's, it's a show that it's, it stands the test of time. Like, it's still just excellent. And it's still hilarious. And people are rediscovering it or discovering it for the first time and like just really loving it and binge watching it all the time. You know, we get so many messages from people who are just like, Oh my God, I love the show. I've loved it for so long. I'm so happy that, you know, there's a there it's on Hulu again. 
So I wonder, have you, have you noticed at all that there's been like a resurgence of like King of the Hill love, people just like finding it for the first time or rediscovering yeah, a it? Bit. Yes, a little bit. So yeah, I, I've noticed that there's memes about it. And, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I have kind of peripherally noticed that there's still a lot of interest in that show. Yeah, we've noticed that as well. <laughs> we yeah. were surprised how many people would want to listen to a podcast about King of the Hill. <laughs> You know, it's a great show, but we didn't think anybody would want to listen to us. It's so. a real place. Um, I mean, Arlen actually doesn't exist, but it seems so real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way the show's finessed and, and all the details were were gone over and, and gotten, you know, just just really communicated a sense of a real place. So it's, it's very captivating. Definitely. Very much so, yeah. And, and we noticed too, like when we started the podcast, we were thinking, you know, we're talking about episodes from a show that came out 20 years ago. You know, how, how will this, how relevant will the topics be? And they're actually very, very timely, Yeah, we find. It's, it's really amazing. So we are what we call a pro-Peggy podcast because... I mean, I don't know if you know, but... Peggy is divisive. Yes. Divisive. 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 Out of our mouth, yeah. Absolutely. And I'm a huge... We're both huge fans of Peggy. You know, we, we love her and we yeah. think she's hilarious and a great character. And I wonder, you know, was she kind of created in a sense of she's going... She's, she's a catalyst for a lot of what happens in the series, but... Yeah was she created to be divisive? Was it like, this is going to be a love hate relationship with this character? Yeah. I mean, in a sense, yes. Uh, she, she is Hank's partner for life. And, um, there's, there's a lot of, there's some conflict there with Hank and Hank, Hank is, you know, just trying to make his way through a crazy world. So Peggy, uh, the closest person to Hank is part of that crazy world. And, um, so she's there to, to, to um, yeah, she, I mean, she's, she's actually kind of a little psycho. <laughs> uh, um, it makes her so fun and relatable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, just two weeks, like three, three or four weeks ago, I was asked to do a Peggy drawing for, for someone who who's a huge Peggy Hill fan. And um, it was, um, it, it was someone, it was someone from uh, my wife's, uh, work from the from the office who was going it was uh, well she was leaving and I did a really nice one I did uh like a a, a big peggy head where she was kind of resting her hands on her head and then around her head were were six images of peggy as in her different roles you know like assorted roles like there was parachute peggy there was peggy at the nunnery there was a uh, disco peggy Paddling Peggy, um, what else? A couple others, but um, it it turned out nice, I, you know. And she was just thrilled to get this. And when I was doing that, I was thinking, you know, Peggy, <laughs> Peggy is like kind of a really weird character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people don't like her at all. Like, yeah, I guess there's. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing. There is a lot of hate for her. And sometimes you're kind of like, well, I get it. You're like, I can kind of understand why you are annoyed by her because she's constantly got some scheme cooking up and she's, and it goes terribly wrong. (laughs) Like that happens so often. But, you know, I think that she's, I think she's like such a brilliantly written character. And I think she just, she's a great opposite to Hank. You know, someone who's so straight-laced and serious and, like, by the rules, and she just kind of does whatever she wants. But, you know, she's also got, she's got morals and a heart of gold. But, you know, she's, she's just the total opposite of Hank. Yeah, she's incredibly accomplished, but at the same time, she's very conservative. But at the same time, she, like, has accidentally gotten into porn. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's really... Just like she's like anything you want her to be. <laughs> she's kind of she's a little more accomplished than a little less accomplished than she thinks she is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of self-centered, little little narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, very very giving, very well intentioned. Yeah, definitely. Has a strong moral compass. 
Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> so yeah, I, I really enjoyed her as a character. I liked I liked her. She she was hilarious and uh, and figuring out her haircut was a challenge. I think we redid her hair about five or six times. Really? Wow! I can't even imagine something then. I, I could show you some really hideous drawings of early Peggy. I, we would love to see that. <laughs> I, I don't think I want to show you this. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, Kathy and Jimmy did such an amazing job with that character because not only is she an amazing voice actress, but just like her ability to like Peggy's like questionable Spanish too, on top of everything else. <laughs> she really yeah. did such a good job with that. I know. She was perfect for casting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't imagine anyone else doing that voice. No. Definitely. I remember when, when they were casting Brittany uh, for um, Luann, or ca- trying to cast Luann, Greg Daniels had a cassette recorder, and, you know, we would have our voices on audio cassettes in those days, pre, you know, pre-wave file or computer or anything like that. So, so he had two voices for, for Luann, and one was from an actress who had a little bit more of an accent, did a, did a, a, a really good job. And but uh, and then the other voice was Brittany Murphy, who was um, pretty good, like not quite a, not quite as good acting wise, but the voice just had so much character, and Greg was so undecided on on who to use, and I I just said, well, no, use use this one. I like to think that it was me who tipped the scale, but I don't. Know. <laughs> well, if it was, thank you because yeah. she is incredible. Like she was incredible. Yeah, that, that. that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just amazing. The, the, the Muppet, not Muppets, but the manger babies, manger babies. Oh my God. Babies. Babies. <laughs> oh my God. Her British penguin was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the voices were just terrific. Yeah. So somebody actually asked, were there any like production challenges that were unique to King of the Hill? Like, you know, I, I know you had mentioned getting Peggy's hair right, but was there anything else that you can remember? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's so many challenges mm-hmm. with animation. Um, there's challenges all along the way. But yeah. It's it's hard to pick one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the okay. Well, the biggest act, the biggest challenge was the acting. the The acting on King of the Hill was definitely the biggest challenge because they they don't have to move much to convey something, um, but they have to move in the in the right way certain way it's it's it, it was very particular drawing the the characters because they're they were so realistic mm-hmm. oh yeah you know I, that actually bulging, bulging cartoon eyes and stuff like that and so the, uh, just a, you know a hint of a smile or just a slight movement in the eyebrows or you know just the slightest movement can can throw a scene one way or the other so that was a big challenge. Yeah, I actually remember seeing, um, it was just, it's just this image set going around about uh, animation notes from the first series, from the first um, Oh yeah, season, I've seen right? that. Yeah, it yeah. was really cool to see. And it was just like, you know, Bobby's deadpan, um, <laughs> you know, like don't over accentuate their, their reactions or anything. It like very clearly, it's supposed to be very realistic and less like crazy animation, like the giant mouth if they scream and stuff like that. Yeah, there were a few of those. There there were several acting memos that went out over the years. And yeah, that one is available online Mm -hmm. to see. So um, it was a a great time. I mean, but you know, back then we were all still paper and pencil. Mm -hmm. It was all pre-digital. I think starting season, let's see, about 2000, Seven, we switched to uh, digital. Wow! Wow! So you guys did ten years of pencil and paper. Yeah, most of that, most of that show was all pencil and paper. Wow! Mm. That was really cool. You know what I do have? I have like, I have these, um, all of these animatic DVDs. Do you have? See this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. This, is, this is like a storyboard animatic. Oh, cool! Of the of the black and white, you know, storyboards that that we would watch and make notes. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of these. Wow. These yeah. are these are M reels. See, but that's like the color animation when it gets back. Uh huh. Oh, wow. Um, 
Korean animation studio mm -hmm. before it's finessed. When it would come back from Korea, they, I mean, the Koreans that animated King of the Hill, they didn't really understand the humor or the story. And, you know, they didn't really care. No. <laughs> yeah, so it would come back sometimes with some pretty weird stuff in there that we would have to fix. <laughs> so interesting. But weirdly enough, you know, anywhere in the world that you go, there are King of the Hill-like characters. I mean, you could go to Russia, Korea. There's always four guys sitting around with a car, mm -hmm. drinking <laughs> beer, sake, or whatever it is, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think meeting um, Hank's Japanese brother kind of like proves that a little bit where it's like this character works so well, not just in Texas, but also in Japan. You know? Yep. A world away. Yeah. And Bobby works so well in Japan. He, he was thriving there. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately got a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Yes, yeah. thank you so much. We two, really two more things real quick. One, yeah. I saw that you have a tuxedo cat and <laughs> Oh yeah. I'm a on tuxedo cat lover. So <laughs> I just wanted to touch base with you on that. And <laughs> two, I we saw, of course, just by looking at your Wikipedia that you have a birthday coming up. So happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Do you remember Lady and Gentrification? Lady and Gentrification. What the hell is that episode about? What? <laughs> Lady, that must have been Peggy Hill as a real estate agent, right? Oh, it was. Yes, it was when that's, she kind of took over Enrique's neighborhood. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember. It's been too long. I got to start rewatching them. Yeah. It's on Hulu. Hey. <laughs> you could watch them all. Yeah. I just I do so much animation for a living. I don't I tend not to watch it when I go home. Yeah, yeah I get that. Yeah, you're actually you're currently working on Rick and Morty right now. Yes, we're we're on Rick and Morty season five well, actually five, four and five. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um we're wrapping up season four and starting season five oh, right now. That's exciting. Yeah. Especially because, you know, I know people they like everybody wants that so badly like they they just crave rick and morty and when it comes out just people lose their minds and they they're super excited about it no patience it's a fun show yeah <laughs> it's a Do great you watch it? Do you watch oh yeah definitely it? yeah absolutely oh, yeah. loved it so good well we have a crew of four directors we do 10 episodes a year mm -hmm. um king of the hill usually we did like at least 20 episodes a year wow and we had a crew of at least six directors, like sometimes eight. Wow. And then uh, we had a pretty big crew on that show. We had probably, let's see, well, there's, there's, there were like, let's say eight directors, and then there's a, there were a team of, of three storyboard artists. So that's another 28. So that's 36. Then all the background designers and character designers. So we, we probably had like 60, over 60 artists working on the king of the hill show every season and then you have all the all the writers and people at fox and everyone and the voice um, actors too yeah over 100 people wow um, is that typical for an animated series to have that many people yes but they stopped ordering episodes of 20 or more around 10 years ago i think oh yeah um i don't remember anything over like 13 or 15 for some reason, they cut back on the number of episodes that they order mm -hmm. now. Yeah, um, I know Rick and Morty is, you know, generally, I think maybe like 10, somewhere around. Well, we tried to do more than 10 yeah. when you didn't. So I don't know if we could do 20 if we were asked to on Rick and Morty. But King of the Hill was a very well-run production. There was a, a producer, Melissa Caraselli, who, who was instrumental in making the, the productions uh, flow smoothly. And she's retired now, uh, went back to Australia. Mm -hmm. There were, you know, a few producers at Fox. There was John Altschuler and Dave Krinsky. They were super good showrunners that would, you know, care about artist schedules and, and budgets and what they were asking for in, in the scripts. Mark McJimsey, Glenn Lucas, uh, Joe Boucher, all, all these guys, um, you know, they, they made sure we got the voice track on time 
and the and the and the script rewrites. You know, it it can really kind of mess with the production if the rewrites come in late, or if, if we never get a voice track, um, that sort of thing. Oh yeah. So that's that's kind of why it was such a a well run production. Um, we were all getting paid well. Nice. So I don't remember, you know, having to work too many late nights or weekends after after season two. Like the, during season one, it's always crazy. Uh, I remember working all the time during season one because, like I said, it's it's like you're doing double duty. You're creating the show and you're doing episodes at the same time. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it was a well-oiled machine with over 100 people working on well, it. Then you, then you have the whole color department. Uh, the one thing that, that really stood out on King of the Hill was were the, the watercolor backgrounds, you know, that all of those backgrounds were hand painted in in the States. They would hand paint uh, several designs. And in Korea, they would continue to hand paint the additional backgrounds that we needed for every sequence. It, it, it just, you know, the, you can see you can see the work of, of human hands in that show. Mm-hmm. Which, which makes it um, interesting to watch. It, it you know it's it's, it's a, there's a warmth that you don't get from digital painting. In some shows, it's kind of missing. You know the animation. You can tell it just doesn't have as much of a human touch anymore. It's kind of flat. Yeah, just uh, the little imperfections sometimes are good, mm-hmm. good things. I'm looking at all the backgrounds now. I know that's really <laughs> interesting. Well, during season one, we would have a lot of problems with like a light switch on the wall would be like the size of Bobby's head. <laughs> we get things back from Korea and it would just look horrible. And we would just try to fix as many of those mistakes as possible. <laughs> and then it got better during season two and three. I think by season four, it, it looked really good and it, and it never, it never, um, really changed and, and it maintained that that uh, level, that quality for the re- remainder of the series. Yeah, yeah, super consistent. They all looked great. <laughs> About how long does it take for an episode to be completely finished? Ooh. Let's see, well, during those days, we, we I think we had six weeks total for the storyboards and animatics. I think we had three weeks for a rough storyboard animatic and then another four weeks for a for a finished animatic, black and white. And then we had a, a few weeks to color and time time out the animation. So we, we, we had what were called exposure sheets for the animation where we would map out as like a blueprint how fast or how slow everything moved or how the faces were acting with little sketches and diagrams. And we would send those to the uh, Korean animators and they would just follow that and animate it. Um, so we tried to do a super good job on that so that we would get back good animation. Right. Um, so so they, they had it for a couple of months. So it was probably like a four-month, five-month turnaround for an episode wow. from beginning to end. But you have, you know, all these episodes overlapping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, different animators. The Hill DVDs. Wow. <laughs> That's like gold to some people that some people that follow us. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. I guess it's all of them. Oh no, there's more. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew you were going to find all this stuff? Oh, <laughs> How long has it been there? What's this? D A B E. I think that might be yeah, look, it's, oh my God, The Incredible Hank. That's my episode that I ever directed, The Incredible Hank. Is that the one where, I think that's the one where uh, Peggy drugs him. Yes. <laughs> that's my favorite episode. I, I love that episode. It's so great. And I was, Incredible Hank. I was just thinking about that episode today because I love when, you know, there's a scene with, the con, uh, with con and um, Min and they're listening to Hank yelling at Peggy because she tells him, I've been drugging you and now you have to wear a scrotal patch. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I have to put it where? <laughs> What's the name of uh, Ben Supanusaphone's uh, voice actress? What's her name? 
I could not tell you off the top of my head. I will have to. I grab just looked that. It up, that up the other day. It's on the tip of my tongue. Lauren Tom. Yep. Lauren Tom. Yeah. Pour some sugar on Con. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, are these all episodes that you directed, or are they just epi like just different ones oh, in general? These are just various behind closed closed doors. Hmm. You remember that? I I can't remember which one that is. Behind closed doors. <laughs> oh, is that supposed to be closed? Look at all those DVDs. It, it's B A B E six episode six, uncool customer. Remember <laughs> that one? Master of puppets, I'm pulling your strings. Oh, that one's good. Blah, my nose. <laughs> <laughs> when Hank gets a beautiful nose, a beautiful new nose. Nancy does Dallas. I love that episode. We get to see Nancy just thriving and like just screwing everyone over. It's great. <laughs> oh my God. Wow, there's a lot of this. Strangeness on a train. That was a good one. Oh, I love that episode. That's when Peggy's, Peggy's birthday. Train. Yeah. You have one for every episode? Uh, I guess I, I did for, for this for a couple of years. I don't know what happened to them all, but if I had every one. It's a lot. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> did you ever see that good family? I haven't seen it. No, me neither. And you know, I know we were talking about that today and we were like, we gotta check this out. You know, why why didn't we ever see yeah, this? Check it out. It's it's all right. But the the problem was okay, so Mike Judge didn't he was he was involved in other stuff and this was kind of half his idea, half Ultra Lakrinsky's idea. And they Fox was interested in it, but they decided to sell it to ABC because they got a better deal. But ABC didn't support it mm. uh, a lot, and it. But the real problem with that is is that the family wasn't defined. They didn't define certain things. I mean, with Hank Hill, you can say Hank Hill sells propane and propane accessories mm -hmm. with with the guy the the dad and the good family he he was a an associate professor at a college he was kind of like the opposite of hank hill yeah sort of a quick boy but you couldn't say exactly what he did for work yeah uh, hank's work was very like that was him he he so, was a propane salesman he is very defined as a character <laughs> Yeah, I it was it was great how Hank had stories that centered around his job and and the propane Strickland propane um, almost just as much as centered around his house. Yeah, and you know who doesn't love seeing Buck Strickland? He's so good, such a great character. Out of his mind, <laughs> like you said, he's, I'm addicted to the good times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was he was a little bit like Lyndon B. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of an LBJ character. <laughs> that, yeah. I think the writers kind of had that in mind. He's a great character. I, I love know. Buck. We haven't seen, you know, the first season where we're just going through almost done with the first season and we haven't really seen him yet. So not I, too much yet. I'm looking forward to talking about him. <laughs> so you're rewatching season one now? Yeah, so we're going season by season in chronological order. So we just, I think we, we just, just finished, finished the first season, one. yeah. So with Plastic right, right. Female. And that's coming out tomorrow. We'll be releasing that episode tomorrow. And then we'll be on to season two. So I, I know as like the series go on, we get so many more of the background characters and they get really fleshed out. So we're so excited to talk about all of them. So great. Yeah. Well, I look forward to listening. Yeah, oh, yeah, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, I think we just we uh, we've been excited recently because we just got introduced to Enrique and to um, Principal Moss. Mm -hmm. um, so just so many wonderful side char characters that are just guaranteed funny. Yeah, <laughs> Moss is great. Moss is a great character. Oh, he's one of my favorite side characters. He's oh, so yeah. funny. So good. <laughs> so dry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we plan on. I think. We're gonna, you know, edit this, the interview, and I think we're gonna okay. put it out for next Tuesday. But thank you so much for talking with us. Seriously, this was really, really incredible. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, I was, I, I wanted to prepare more for it, but I, um, I got super busy, and there's a lot of stuff going on. So no, no uh, worry. I, 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 I didn't prepare for it very well. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> you did great. Don't, I, oh my god. Don't. 
no worries about that. No, we can't. <laughs> we can't thank you enough. This was just such a wonderful experience, truly. Yeah. Didn't think we'd ever get to this point. <laughs> no, not at all. We're, we're generally terrified of everything, so <laughs> we really appreciate um, talking to you and just like how willing you were to talk to us, and it's of course, right. a pleasure talking to you, so. A pleasure talking to y'all too. I love your logo also. Oh, she drew you. it. Jackie drew yeah. it. Yeah. That's I great. Designed it. I've been unemployed for quite a long time now, <laughs> so I had the time to do it. What was your last job? Well, I just graduated from grad school and I'm a speech pathologist oh. now, so I'm just looking for work. <laughs> Let me know if I could do anything to help. If you ever have a stroke, give me a call. <laughs> she can help. <laughs> what? <laughs> She's a speech pathologist, so she can help with that. <laughs> I'm not threatening you. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. It's it's a real thrill for us. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. Well, alright, Amy, Jackie. Thank Bye. you. Again. Thank you so much. And this was a say pleasure. Say hi to your cat for us. Happy birthday. Yes. Right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Happy recording. Thank yes. You. Thank you. Shut up, turkeys. We're back from the interview now. Everyone, shut up. Oh, well, that was awesome. That was the best. Thank you so much, Wes Archer, for taking the time to speak with us. God, we are so grateful. So grateful. That was one of the coolest things I've ever done. And such a such a pleasure to talk to you. Such a pleasant person. I don't know what we were expecting, but <laughs> it was it was he was just you know, way nicer than we could have ever imagined. So thank you so much. Definitely. So everyone, listen, we hope you have an amazing holiday for those who celebrate Thanksgiving. I know I'm going to stuff my face uh, and pass out, lay down on the ground because I'm yeah, uncomfortable. pace yourself if you can. I know I can't, but, you know, hopefully we get through this <laughs> Thanksgiving without throwing up at all. That'd be great. That would be great. <laughs> Until next time, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up, turkeys!